The following programming is sponsored by Tom Tool III. The views expressed do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or Beasley Media Group. Good afternoon, greater Philadelphia area. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Time, and she's Stacy Mitchell. We've got Gabe behind the camera, and we're coming off a holiday weekend. However... There's a lot of real estate news. There's a lot of talk going on about shifting markets, sellers freaking out, and that's exactly where we're going to start. And again, Sarah, Stacy, and I, we all work with the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania since 2018. You can find the live stream on YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. So did you guys get a chance to see the CNBC interview with Glenn Kelman, CEO of Redfin? I watched the video. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not glued to CNBC all day long. However, what I found very interesting is that he came out and said in the interview, and we're going to deep dive a little bit, and, and you know, there's, there's a lot to unpack here because Redfin's got some, some of their own issues going on with their stock price and, and everything else. He basically came out and said, and this was shocking to me he used this language, sellers are starting to freak out <laughs> about the housing market. What, what do you think about this? I mean, is, is this what a, a should a CEO of a publicly traded company be talking like this is probably my first question. I mean, I'm a little surprised that he he came out with that language. I don't know if he was just like trying to, you know, get some uh, not like clickbait, but like, you know, <laughs> just make a, a strong statement there. Um, I feel like that's that's a bit extreme, although, you know, for sellers who have been out there and have been like on the fence about putting their home up for a while. I mean, we are starting to see, um, you know, the field, the playing field looks a little bit different. It's still very competitive. um, Absolutely. And sellers still have um, a great position. Um, But we are starting to notice um, a couple changes. I feel like as we're, as we're writing offers for our buyers. I have to agree with that. Um, Again, I think it was a bit hyperbole what he said, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think sellers should be freaking out. Um, I know there are sellers that feel like they're on the verge of missing out on an, an incredible market, but it's an amazing market right now. So it might not have been like super, super incredible, but it's still amazing. There's still multiple offers. There may not be up to, you know, as much as 12 offers, but we're still finding ourselves mostly in multiple offer situations. So sellers shouldn't be freaking out. Um, they should be preparing um, being realistic about the change in the market, the shift in the market, um, you know, s- start to really prepare. If they're serious about listing, sooner is better than later. So definitely get everything all lined up, meet with, you know, interview your agents and, and get your house on the market. It's still a great time. There, it's still, you're still going to capitalize on, you know, the appreciated values. You're going to ca- be able to cash out at, a, you know, an exponentially nice return there on your investment. Yeah, I, I thought it was a little irresponsible to say sellers are freaking out. I mean, yeah. I, I don't. I haven't seen anyone freak out yet. I don't know. I don't know what you guys have have seen on the front lines here now. And, and you know, and also too, you know, Redfin attracts a certain kind of client. So are, are are they attracting a kind of client that is uber price sensitive? I mean, extremely price sensitive. Or, I mean, I, you know, so I, the people that usually use Redfin, I don't know that they understand the market the best in, in, in a lot of cases. So that, that, w- that was pretty interesting. What he also said in the interview was rates are probably going to be 6%. Inventories are increasing. Sales volume will be somewhat fine, but prices are going to soften. 
I, I don't know what he's seeing, that he's seeing so much inventory increasing. It's been pretty nominal. Um, we have seen a little bit of an uptick in terms of what inventory's done for the month of April and the month of May. We're not quite done yet, but we're, we're here on the 31st. So I, I don't totally agree with that. And you know what he really talked about was that uh, buyers are kind of backing off a little bit. There's some folks that have decided they're just not going to transact whatsoever. And sellers are getting worried because they're not getting like 10 offers. They're only getting two or three. And, and that's very real. I, he didn't explain that, though. I mean, and, and I think that's the problem with coming out on, on a news outlet like this and, and starting, starting to shoot your mouth off when you're supposed to be looked at as an industry leader. Right. And I mean, and I think what's important for sellers to keep in mind, too, is you don't need for multiple offers. You don't need 10, 12 offers in order to have this be a success. You know, you need all you really need is one, one good, good one. offer. Right. That's all that's all you really <laughs> right. need for um, for there to be a, a positive outcome here. And I mean, I think in a lot of cases we're seeing still more than one good offer. You're you're still getting, um, you know, a handful. Mm hmm. What, what he also talked about is that, um, and, and what kind of caused the, the, the freak out is that, I still, I mean, we're going to belabor the point here, but the, the number of, of homes that are coming to the market, they, they dropped to a record low in March, and then, which was a 50% de decrease from two years ago. And, you know, March was an interesting month in 2020 because of the pandemic and the timing and everything else. And what, what he went on to say is that it's going to be the secondary home markets that get affected. And that I do agree with. I, the, the first, it's not the meat and potato stuff that people are moving to constantly. Like, you know, your three to five hundred thousand dollar home in our marketplace. That's all, there's always going to be a market for that because there's people that move up, they move down. It's the secondary market that might get a little slower. That I agree with because that's like the luxury purchase. That's where it's more of like a financial decision than what's right for my household or my family. So, do, do you see that as kind of being more more accurate here um, than than some of the other comments that he made in the interview? Well. Personally, I have not seen that. Um, I have a couple of clients I'm working in, in that area, and there's still multiple offers and going in the, on. In, in the but secondary market, though? Yeah. yeah. So give me give me some examples. That's what I want to hear. Um, in Chadsport area, Kennett Square, Unionville, well, Chadsport I think what he's, District. I guess that, I mean, I think he's talking about like kind of like those secondary markets, though. Like the, they specifically mentioned a couple uh, towns here. Um, okay. And when I say secondary market, I mean, it's not like a, it's not like your principal residence. It's like a vacation market. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Or, or, yep. or something like that. So that that's. Um, wouldn't that be like an investing, like in those markets, wouldn't they, investors? And he also talked about, see, this is, I, I don't, this is, this, this interview was horrible. I mean, I, I've got to be really, like it was all over the place. So he. When I hear secondary market, I think of like vacation markets or okay. like like down the shore or Got somewhere it. in Florida or something like that. He mentions Tacoma, Washington and Sacramento, as well as a more affordable market in Sarasota, Florida, which I think is more like the Unionville Chad's Ford market you're talking yep. about. Mm -hmm. So what what are you seeing there? Because I, I again, I, I this 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 interview was a disaster. I mean, I, I, go ahead. Well, um, having relatives in, in the Florida market, yes, they're not really seeing that much of a shift at this point. Okay, um, It's still pretty fast and furious and, and moving along pretty strong. I think because of people just relocating, there's still so many out-of-towners coming into Florida. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily secondary. It's, it is their primary. But um, they would be considered that secondary market, I guess, because it would be more of a vacation area or... Mm -hmm. more towards, you know, the uh, the beaches. Right. So, I mean, I guess for our for our area, regardless of the climate and what's going on, I mean, we wouldn't really be geared towards secondary home purchases mm -hmm. regardless. 
Um, right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, yeah. this, this is, I mean, because we, we have a, such a large job market here. I mm-hmm. mean, it's the fifth or sixth largest metro market, depending on how you measure it. And people have different ways of doing that. You know, Tacoma, Washington, I mean, that's that's like a, I mean, I'm trying to think of a city that would be like, a, like it's almost like kind of like going to Lancaster or Beautiful. like, well, but it, it, yeah. it, isn't that a little bit of a different market than, yeah. than Philadelphia? Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that's a, that's maybe a better example or even going to like Reading or like Wilkes-Barre or like somewhere like that where it's more affordable there for sure in all mm-hmm. three of those places. And they also are the first ones that soften because when the market's really hot, what do people mm-hmm. do? They they go like really far out to get something affordable mm-hmm. just to get a house instead right. of moving to where where they want to in the first place. So mm-hmm. that I do agree with. And I would say we even see that a little bit of that on like the edge of Chester County going into like Lancaster and Berks County. Mm-hmm. I, I've definitely seen that before. So that that's the one thing I found that was pretty accurate in the article here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. Just that like people are having a little bit more flexibility to to go where the price is right um, versus like necessarily having to stick within, you know, a certain radius of, of where their job is or, you know, they're, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing that. Okay. So freak out was horrible. Correct. You can agree horrible. there. Yeah. Secondary markets might be getting affected. The rest of the stuff though, I mean, what he's talking about isn't anything new. I, I just, I, the tone in the interview to me was, was a little concerning. Now the, the flip side of this, and this is some data that came out from housing wire is that, um, purchase apps, so purchase mortgage applications, instead of using the realtor jargon, they're back down to 2009 levels. Mm-hmm. So that's obviously a very different time. How do you interpret that as a reflection of the housing market? I'm, I'm clear there, there's some ways to look at this, and it's important to know exactly what's, what's, what's really going on instead of just assuming things. What, what, what are you two seeing because of that drop in, in, in purchase applications? Or what, what's the driver behind it? Well, of course, it would be because of the rates are ticking up. So um, I think it's just going to give some folks pause. They might just sit back and see, um, you know, what's going to happen in the next three to six months. Um, but, you know, we anticipated the rates going up anyway. They, mm-hmm. they had nowhere to go but up, really. So <laughs> and, and they will continue to rise. Right. So um, I, I really think that for buyers, they really who are serious or need to move, they it's really still a great time because the rates are still in a really good spot. I mean, relatively speaking, we had historic lows. Like we've never seen them in the twos like that before, even hovering Mm -hmm. in those threes for that long period of time there. So people got spoiled. People think this is how it is all the time. Right. And I mean, the the rate they get today might not be one that they go around bragging about, but it's manageable. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, um, you know, certainly the people that locked in in those like upper twos, like, you know, good for them. Good but. for them, and they they can certainly go around bragging about it. But you can st- where they are right now. You can that way you still- talk about it like dinner parties with <laughs> right. your friends. If I had that upper two, you know it. That would brag yeah. about that every, right? Yeah, every time. No, but uh, you know, but where they are right now, especially if you like, you know, just compare them across the board to to where they've been. You can still lock in now and be able to get the house and be able to live your life. Um, right. So it's, it's yeah. you, you get you know lock in. If you're at 5.25, great. If it goes up in the next couple of months, guess what? You're you're in lower. Right. Okay. If it goes down enough uh, that makes sense, you can refinance. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you really have to just think about the asset. Think right. about the asset that you're, you're going to be, you know, that investment that you're going to be making. 
Right. Yeah. What, what people keep forgetting about is inflation's at eight and a half percent right now through the beginning of the year. So even if you're getting five and a half percent, you win. Mm-hmm. Like you've beat it, and and you're putting your money in there instead of renting or in a home where you don't want to be. And you know, I mean, there, there's a lot of folks keep forgetting this. Mm-hmm. So the the other and you got you guys are absolutely right about rates. The other thing people aren't talking about is existing home sales are decreasing, and I th- that's another reason why purchase apps are down because. There's just less homes that are that are going to be selling th- this year. Now it, it's interesting when you look at this this graph on Housing Wire um, that I mean you, you kind of and and I wish we could put it up for for the for the radio audience here. We'll definitely get it on the live stream. I'll share this with with Gabe and Nick. And, and if you draw literally a straight line from January 2009 to January 2022, now I would argue that this data is a little lagging because I would. We've seen sales increase February, March, April. So, but if if you look at just a straight line there, uh, and and where purchase applications totally dropped was in January fourteen and fifteen. So it's interesting to me that no one was complaining about the market in fourteen and fifteen. It was it was a pretty solid market. Just the lending standards were higher. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like, th- there's a lot of stuff, and this is just another one of these examples of these headlines that come out that are polarizing and. You know, with, with the CEO of Redfin doing that, and I mean, they've got bigger issues. I mean, their stock price is in the toilet. I think they're you know, people are seeing the value of a realtor more than ever now that the market's shifting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm clear on that. I mean, Redfin's stock price is down to nine dollars and ninety two cents, um, or the beginning of the year it was up near forty dollars. And I think that's a whole problem mm-hmm. with the industry of what's going on with real estate stocks in general. And we're going to talk about. Another company that did a rebrand next in the second segment, Real Would You Going to Anywhere, which is a whole other story. So it's these headlines that just keep getting people worked up. And the consumer that really wants to transact, they're not looking for that like part-time Redfin agent only paid on salary. And there's some good agents at Redfin. I don't want to say they're all bad. They just don't have the training and the knowledge base, which is a lot of times the problem. They're just opening. They're literally door openers. Mm-hmm. And it's you know, you're not going to get the same level of certainty in making a big financial decision working with someone like that versus someone that, that's working on their craft like I know we do at our organization and a lot of other great teams do around the country. So do you think this 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 stat's a little misleading as well? Or what, 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 what's your what's your take on it here? Yeah, I mean, I think I think, again, it it grabs your attention there. But as you as you dig into the details about what's actually going on, um, it's you know, we're in a we're still we're in an incredible market, um, and I think this, yeah, the the headline is just kind of clickbait. <laughs> he just wants to draw attention to himself and his company, probably. So. I mean, <laughs> they need to. Yeah, um, yeah right. And, and even when you look at inventory levels, when you're comparing 2009 to what happened, you know, and when the, when the market started to shift in 2009, there was an 8.8 month supply of inventory on the market. Wow. So that I mean, just I mean, it was up to it was up to ten point four months in in two thousand eight. So it was definitely different challenges there. Prior to 06, we saw kind of an average of four point eight to four point five months from ninety nine to two thousand five. Then inventory jumped up a little bit in two thousand six. We saw the market kind of peak, and then it obviously the inventory trended high there for a while at you know eight point nine, ten point four, eight point eight months in 07 through 09. So until inventory comes back up, I just don't I don't see any of this making a difference because there's a there's a simple supply and demand issue right now. Right. Rates aren't going to have a major effect on it. It's going to affect those buyers that couldn't buy anything in the first place or they were they were losing out or maybe their financing wasn't strong. There's a lot of those people that 
they got approved, but maybe they shouldn't have been buying a house. It wasn't the right move for them. So I, I just don't, I don't see anything changing mm-hmm. until we see inventory come up. I, I, I don't think there's any other, any other way to, to slice it. Right. And I don't see where, how, how is inventory going to increase at this point? You know what I mean? There's a lot of people who, uh, the boomers are staying in their houses a little bit longer now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the millennials have gotten into the housing market. So unless, you know, the, unless we have a big building boom, um, which we have in, in the past couple of years. I mean, we've had, as a matter of fact, I think I read where Chester County had the highest um, building increase in the past two years than, I think, than ever. I think that it was, actually, my husband was telling me about that. He was reading me the real estate article. Nice. <laughs> Good job, right Kevin. Now. Yeah. So, um, which I was really surprised, but guess what? We don't really feel it. We right. don't really feel it. So where's more inventory coming from? I would also argue that the bump in, in new builds is like a drop in the bucket where we live because mm-hmm. there, there, there's, so, there, there's, I mean, how many, how many was it? I'd love to know like the actual unit number mm-hmm. because um, it's, I mean, you see these new, you don't see any like these mega communities getting built. Um, a lot of the stuff's like 05, 08, like that's when we saw the, and it's, there's not a lot of land available. I don't know where they're building this stuff. I mean, the Edgemont Golf Course by our office, that's one of the few larger new construction communities I've seen kind of along that Route 3 corridor in like Edgemont, Newtown Square. But, I mean, around here, you know, you're in Lower Marion, Radnor, you're in Downingtown. You probably see a little more out there. There's a little more land. But the closer you get to the city, you don't see a lot. And then you also see a lot in the city because they're tearing down like old buildings and, and, that, right. and that sort of stuff. So yeah. it says um, – 3,743 homes were built in Chester County, more than in any year since 2001. Um, That's a big number. That's more than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. So, I mean, but it doesn't feel like that. Right. (laughs) When I feel like I'm seeing more like one-off new constructions or, um, you know, maybe they're doing a little mini development that has, what, maybe like 10 homes in it. Like I'm not seeing the, you know, huge developments coming up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. So you got to watch what you say on the, on the news is kind of the mm-hmm. summary here. Um, purchase apps are down, but we still got a supply issue. I mean, I think it's really that simple. And mm-hmm. it, it's, imp- you know, some, I, I feel like part of our job with this show and our obligation to the public is to actually interpret what these people are saying on the news to what it actually means. And I, this is another prime example of someone, you know, the, the market is shifting. No question about it. It's just not going to happen overnight like that. And, you know, so I think that, that that's more what, what we need to be aware of here. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about Realogy, who is the parent company for like Coldwell Banker, Century 21, all these other firms. They've rebranded to anywhere. There, there's a lot to unpack there from like a business standpoint. So we're going to jump into that. This is Tool Time, Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. Buying a home or already own one? We can help. I am Kevin Hamill from Alliances Insurance Agency. If you haven't reviewed your policies in the last three years, now's the time. New home buyers, there are a number of ways that we can help you get to that settlement table. Call us to find out more at 610-816-0043, extension 3, or visit our website, alliancesinsurance.com. Don't forget the S, it's for savings. 
Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit tomtool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. The Tom Tool Sales Group is the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania with over $165 million in volume for 2021. I'm Tom Tool, and our team has achieved that kind of success by being a great place to work with and to work for. No one knows Greater Philly better than we do. We know real estate, but more importantly, we're real people. We hire the best agents, and we give them all the tools to succeed. Even our brand-new agents sell 17 to 24 homes a year because our team delivers the best experience in real estate. Teams deliver a better experience than individuals, and we're a top 1% real estate team in the country. We call it AAA service. We're your advocate, ally, and advisor. Because this isn't a transaction to us. It's a relationship. If you're buying or selling a home, call the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX main line at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. That's Tom, tool with an E, dot com. Sell your home for more and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. For the best local mortgage service and great rates on your money, look no further than Mortgage America. We've been operating in the greater Philadelphia area for 40 years with a focus on smooth, easy access to home purchasing. Whether you're a first-time buyer, upsizing or downsizing, or just refinancing, we have programs for you. We also have closing cost assistance programs and access to subsidized interest rates. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. To learn more, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. We always have a person available to take your call with around-the-clock human service. Purchase your home with the personalized local service you find at Mortgage America. Mortgage America is an equal housing lender. NMLS 128501. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacy Mitchell. She's Sarah Time. And we've got Gabe behind the camera. And we all work with the Tom Tool sales group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And we're streaming live on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. So we wanted to come back. And, you know, this is a, a real estate story, but I'd also argue it's a, it's a marketing story. It's a branding story where Realogy, um, and if you don't know who Realogy is, they own the major brokerages in real estate, and I'll name some for you. Uh, Century 21, Coldwell Banker, Corcoran, Sotheby's, and they changed their name from Realty Holdings Corp to Anywhere Real Estate Inc., and they're going to completely rebrand this by the end of the quarter. Um, and they, it's, and what do you think about this? This is a pretty big company to be changing their name. Well, it's a big deal to rebrand. Right. I mean, that's huge. That's like there's, there has to be a big reason to, to do that, to undertake a, an entire rebrand. And so. I mean, is their, main, is their main reason just because they eventually want to be competing with Zillow? And that's their, like... And because it also sounds like they're doing kind of like a slow turnover, right? Like they're rebranding, but they're doing it like in phases so that everybody, I guess, feels comfortable with it. I, you know, I, I don't know the answer to that. Um, they did have, I mean, they, they've, they, they did have a, like an iBuying arm. Um, and that the, the, was a joint venture with Blackstone's Home Partners of America called RealShore. Um, I mean, I, I, I would imagine a lot of real estate brokerages are trying to compete with Zillow. Sure. Yeah. So that that very well could be could be part of it. I just 
I mean, this is a huge company, and it, to me, it's. It, I mean, do consumers even know who Realogy is, though? Like, does it make a difference? I mean, there, there's all no. sorts of questions <laughs> that I have here, um, including their website. So, you know what their new website is? What? It's anywhere. dot r e. So it's not a oh dot com. Wow. Um, which I, I, I mean, what do you? They should have bought anywhere.com. Right. <laughs> they should have just flat out purchased it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting because it says um, it's a, not only a business and strategic transformation, but also a cultural change. So what does that mean? I wonder if something's going to come out about them. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's there's been so many of, of those stories that have happened. I mean, I you know, I just question when they're a company that big. And like I, 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 we all know who Realogy is. Like we, we knew that because we're in the industry. I don't think consumers really care. They're more concerned about the brokerage names. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the website is odd to me. I, I've, I've got a little bit of an issue with that because I'm, I, I don't know. Do you go to any websites that aren't like .com? Like there's .io now is like a new one. I would think they're kind of scammy or something. You know, right? Mm-hmm. Or like you would just like forget and just like Dude. put it in wrong. You know what right. I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, exactly. I'm sure they'll have to do something to, like, account for that and just kind of try and, like, redirect or right. something. But it's right, difficult but enough with, like, the .com. Totally. Totally invest <laughs> in that. If they're totally, if they're rebranding, if they're spending exorbitant amounts of money to rebrand, right. you have to <laughs> you have to get the .com. I mean, yeah. it's tough enough with .org right. and .net, you know. Right. But they're they're more accepted. Right. But right. R-E? Yeah. Well, the, yeah. The, the anywhere.com is a travel agency. Oh. oh, oh, well, that makes sense. Right. Well, the travel agency is going to get a lot of traffic on their website if yeah. people are. Again, though, Tom, how many people know what who Realogy is? Uh, you know, I, I think that 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 that's one factor here. I mean, when yeah. I look at this, um, you know, what, what they came out and said. I mean, Ryan Schneider, their their CEO, he said, "We're we are a home to dynamic portfolio of real estate brands that each have their own unique story and power in the market." I do agree with that. I think all these brands are a little different depending on where you are. And as they set forth their bold, customer-first, agent-led strategies, it was clear there was one brand that did not carry the same emotional connection, the Realogy brand. The Anywhere name and identity served both to our aspiration and commitment to the changing, the transaction experience for consumers. Um, you, you know, I just, this whole thing here, I just don't, I, I th- you've got to be really clear when you like change your logo as a big company, you change mm-hmm. your name as a big company, there's got to be a reason behind it. And usually people do this when, like, something goes wrong right. and they're trying to, you know, kind of have a fresh start, right? It's it's like when, you know, I mean, I, I think of WorldCom as, like, the obvious example, right? Mm-hmm. Or the, mm-hmm. these other companies that, I mean, look, Facebook's now meta. I mean, right. it's, it's right. kind of the same that. thing. So, right. th- you know, when I when I look at this, I mean, Realty's had its ups and downs. Their stock price has also not done well. And, and, and this might speak to a larger issue with, you know, real estate right now is that, the real estate stocks are just performing horribly. Uh, I mean, they, you know, Realogy was down as low as like $3 a share. Now it's up to 12. Um, but I mean, I, I remember, you know, we were, I was sitting in, um, at, in, uh, at the T360 event and they asked Ryan Schneider on stage, like, Hey, what's up with your stock price? Like, why is it so low? So they weren't performing that well. And you know, I just, I, the, the whole, the whole thing here, like, I just don't, I don't think many consumers are going to care. I, I don't know how they're going to, like, what's the plan? Like, what's the strategy to do all this stuff? I, I don't really get it. So I think that's probably the, the, the biggest concern that I have more than, more than anything else is what's the, what, what, what's the plan here? 
Well, it says they were they were hit with a securities fraud suit amid the falling stocks and shrinking market cap prior to the pandemic. So maybe they're just trying to shake that off, you know, that or rebrand from any negative. They they also had a couple lawsuits with Compass, right? Like they were they were really going. At, I mean, they've had, they've had a lot of legal issues. So that could very well be the case. Mm-hmm. It, this is just a big change to make, and I don't think the consumer is really going to care. Um, and in fact, I don't think the consumer cares about the brokerage you work with anymore either. They just want to know what you're going right. to do for them as an agent and what's your presence locally. So, I, you know, that that that's just my two cents on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that I I agree that your average consumer isn't going to care about this. That this is, I'm sure, a huge undertaking and a ton of of money to invest in order to have this switch over whether they do it as a slow changeover or or you know they speed it up um and in terms of stock prices like i don't know that changing the name would make that big of a difference there because if you're researching your stocks like unless if you switched for a reason like i don't i don't know how well that would that would play out there so yeah it's kind of it's it's a little unusual, like why they're why they're going about and doing it. It's one of those more to come. Right. Yes. We'll get the details. <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh, that's why <laughs> they're oh, doing it. Now it makes, now it makes sense. sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm I'm curious, like what their what their game plan is going to be here. I mean, it's it's you know it's one thing to rebrand, like that's all that's all well and good, um, but like I mean, what what's their end game? I mean, they they change the name. Um, I mean, they're you know, they, they have a large portfolio of companies. Um, and what they're saying is that they want to do during their investor event is they laid out the next phase of their strategy, which is to leverage their market position and the ability to invest to improve and simplify the home buying and selling experience for consumers who are demanding a more seamless integrated transaction. I, I hear this from every CEO in real estate. It's mm-hmm. consumers want a more seamless integrated transaction. They keep saying this stuff over and over. Who's going to do anything about it? Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at what he said at the event, um, you know, we, we read you that quote. What we also found out from the investor presentation is that they laid out their 2026 financial targets, in, including getting 20% market share through its accelerated expansion. That's a pretty, I mean, that's a pretty big undertaking. 20% market share nationally is huge. Um, updated capital allocation, leveraging the company's cash flow. I mean, that's that's all business stuff. And when they, they talked about the rebrand. They're also saying it's going to allow them to align to a new enterprise positioning to further move its culture and talent, talent strategy into the future. So there, I, it sounds like it's all about agent empowerment, but I, I just, I don't know. I, it's, hmm. this, whole, this whole thing seems like it's kind of like just smoke and mirrors, and it's, it's like, hey, we're, we're trying to shed the bad rep we had before, and we're, we're trying to just rebrand here as quickly as possible. I, I don't get much more than that. I mean, I, I just don't. I don't. I don't see a lot of value in this. And it's, it, you know, the, these 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 rebrands always always have leave me scratching my head. I don't. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, I mean, we could look back and and see how rebrands have fared for other um, companies. You know, especially when they rebrand products. Mm-hmm. You know, there many have not been that successful. So again, it's kind of like a, a mystery. There's a lot of clouds in why they're doing this, and it's always this. Like, Tom, some of that language that you were saying, it's a lot of, like, mumbo-jumbo words all mixed up and cultural this and strategic that and, you know, but what does it really mean? You know, it all sounds good. And maybe maybe they're hoping that this rebrand will, you know, (laughs) will um, totally make their, you know, their brand stand out more than others and, and excel their profits. 
Yeah. I mean, I think in order for them to be successful, they'll need to have these other pieces in place that they're using vague language about for right. what it means in order for the rebrand to do to do anything. Otherwise, if you're just rebranding the same product, um, you know, mm-hmm. whatever your issues for the rebrand were would still be there down the line if if there's something that you're trying to, to make changes on and, and don't put that in place. And there's been a couple like rebrands like on in their in their subsidiary companies like they they Century 21 changed their logo a couple years ago. So did Cobalt Banker. A lot of people said it looked like an MLS team logo when it was done. Um, it's just, just it, I, so many of these people talk about like what what the goal of the rebrand is. So I, I think the better question is what's the most powerful brand in real estate and not from a company perspective. What do you think the consumer cares about here? The consumer, they want to get their house sold or, or they want to buy their house <laughs> and they right. want to have the most the most smooth process. Right. You know, that's what they want. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there's too many people that like they may be um, I'm like losing the word that I'm looking for um, tied to an agent or they may have loyalty to a specific agent that they've mm-hmm. worked with in the past. But my guess would be if that agent switched brokerages or switched companies, if they kept in touch with that agent and they had a good relationship with that agent, yep. they're going with the agent. They're not going yes. with the name of the brokerage. Yes. I I, so I totally agree with that. And I, I, what these companies are missing, and you know, th- there's probably some reason behind it. Who yep. knows what we're going to find out. Mm-hmm. The most powerful brand in real estate is the local agent brand. That's what people want, especially now that the market's going in this other direction, because more and more we see that you're we're having to go back to things that we did in 2020 before March, meaning negotiate home inspections. Yes. Like nurture someone through the process, not just buying the first home that they see. There's all these different things that are happening. And the agents who have the knowledge base who can market themselves locally because look if it I mean it's great you know someone at anywhere realty or whatever Coblo Banker in California they're not going to help you here and I would argue that these brands are all different in local markets there's some companies that are stronger and weaker in other markets so to me if you're not marketing yourself as an agent and or you're not connected with one of these mega teams that are dominating the local marketplace you're going to get lost not that, nobody cares who you work for right mm-hmm. I, I just don't think it matters anymore mm-hmm I also like I don't love the name anywhere. Like I know I get that they're trying to say that like I'm guessing they can be a good fit for you anywhere, but it I feel it like kind it kind of that's takes, like a negative. Right. It doesn't kind of, it? Yeah, yeah, I think it works better for travel. Yes. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, I want to go anywhere when I travel, but not necessarily buying a home. Right. Right. Like I think that you want that like local expert and that and I I understand what they were trying to um get by calling themselves that, but I I don't know that it like brings in the positive vibes that maybe they would be hoping for. Mm-hmm. They paid a lot of money for this, I'm sure. Okay. And the fact that it's got this kind of reaction, <laughs> I mean, it's not not a good start. So <laughs> that, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll leave it there. So um, we'll see. I mean, I don't. Anywhere. I'm going to give this rebrand a thumbs down. I don't know about you. I just I just don't yeah. like it. I don't get the strategy behind it. I don't think the consumer is going to care, even though they're saying it's consumer first. I really don't think agents are going to care. Right. Agents are going to be looking at how can I further my real estate business. So I, 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 to me, it's it's it, it's a little little misguided here, and it seems like they're they're trying to do something that is going to wash away the the the, the, the whatever negative uh, context that the Realogy brand has. Right. All right. So we're going to come back. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk about. I would say this is a frightening statistic about the number of agents who have not sold a home yet this year. As of May 26th. 
This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. You shouldn't have to deal with all the red tape when getting your mortgage from a big or online bank. At Mortgage America, we have access to big bank money, but with the personalized and detailed service of a local bank. We are here in your community and ready to serve with fast settlements, low down payment options, and first-time homebuyer programs. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. For more information, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. I'm Tom Tool of the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. If you're thinking of becoming a real estate agent in the greater Philly area, I have a special offer for you. Our team did $165 million of volume in 2021, making us the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania and a top 1% team nationally. Our agents love us because we offer them a successful career, a great life, and an unbeatable culture. Agents who've been with us for at least a year average 30-plus sales. Even our brand new agents average 17 to 24 sales a year. We offer proven systems and expert training. We help you set more appointments and sell more houses. Now here's the offer. If you don't have a real estate license yet, we offer real estate scholarships so you can get one for free. Check it out at realestatescholarshipprogram.com or visit the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline at tomtool.com. That's tomtoolwithane.com. Get more out of your real estate career and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit tomtool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. Buying a home or already own one? We can help. I am Kevin Hamill from Alliances Insurance Agency. If you haven't reviewed your policies in the last three years, now's the time. New home buyers, there are a number of ways that we can help you get to that settlement table. Call us to find out more at 610-816-0043, extension 3, or visit our website, alliancesinsurance.com. Don't forget the S, it's for savings. All right, all right, all right. We are back on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Timon. She's Stacy Mitchell. We've got Gabe behind the camera, and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group with Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And we are streaming live on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. So, Trying to find this post here on Facebook I wanted to share with everybody. But before we get to that, there was a frightening statistic that came out from a couple of real estate coaches last week that as of May 26th, so right before the holiday weekend, 40% of agents in the MLS have not sold a home yet this year. What's your first reaction? Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so tell me more about wow. What I mean, I I, I'm, I, I was shocked to hear that, yeah. and and these numbers always blow my mind. But like, what 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 makes you so wowed by this? Well, I mean, I think that we know that like it's a small percentage of agents that do the most business, mm-hmm. and I, I what is it? Ten percent do. 20% do 80% of the yeah something yeah. like that. Like that. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's you know, it's not when you know that you know that's you know that it's like people that are that are closing deals and selling houses are 
they have their foot on the gas and they're the ones that are consistently doing that. Um, that, you know, for that percentage of agents out there that maybe just do this like part time or just occasionally that like occasionally get a sale in, um, you know, I there's obviously a, a number of those out there, too. But I'm, I am surprised that 40 percent haven't sold a home. That's very high. I mean, even if if, you, if you're a part time agent and I mean, the market is still amazing. So if you don't take advantage of that and, you know, try to do one or two <laughs> during that right. time period, like then it's it's going to get more it's going to get more difficult sure as as uh, the market changes so yeah yeah i'd have to think okay how many are part time or consider them part time or just consider well i'll just hang out until you know aunt betty wants to sell her house and i'll help her sell right i mean i guess we would need to know in other years is that a like is that a consistent percentage across the board that there are just that many agents that are technically licensed and subscribe, you know, are are members of the the MLS and they never really sell homes, you know, because mm-hmm. um, that that number does seem really high. Mm-hmm. So, so this was shared at a national real estate conference. And, I, you know, what, what I know is that the industry's it's always been saturated with people that they, they, they think it's going to be easy selling yes. real estate. I would argue this is probably one of the harder jobs out there. Oh, yeah. But it looks easy. Um, doesn't cost a lot to keep your license. Um, the average agent only sells four to five homes a year anyway. So maybe they're off to a bad start. Who knows? Um, and, you know, what, what, what I think that, that my takeaway from this is that we, we could see anywhere from like 25 to 35% of like licensed realtors be out of the business. We're already seeing it go the other way for the first time in a decade. And I think we're going to see the same thing with loan officers. Because the refi booms all kind of dried up, so mm-hmm. this is just the the first sign. And, and we sold similar numbers last year. It was I think it was about like forty five percent, and the beginning of May hadn't sold a home. Mm. I, mean, I actually have notes wow. on this. Hold on, let me see if I can find this. I, I, it was um, it was this time last year in twenty twenty one. Let me see if I can find this here. Uh, and it's just, I mean, how many times do you see that though? It, it's so common that mm-hmm. oh my my aunt's a realtor, my uncle's right. a realtor, but they also have another job and do something else and. Exactly. It, the consumer's the one that suffers. So, like, is this a sign of like the market getting hard? Like, wh- when you hear that stat, what, what's your initial? Like, what do you, what do you think is the cause behind that? Well, I guess I'm curious to like of this percentage of agents, have any of them tried to do <laughs> a sale a this question. year? You know, yeah. like, are they? Is a large chunk of those truly agents that just have the license, renew it, and like, just yeah, you know. Whatever, I have it. It's fine. If something comes to me, great. If not, whatever. Um, or, like, how many of them have been out doing the work and just haven't successfully – I mean, I'm sure that number is smaller. Like, if you've been out, you know, really hustling and, you know, trying and you still don't have a sale in for the year, then that might be the agent that then walks away and and gets out of the business versus the agent who is just passively mm-hmm. being an agent. You know, and then, you know, they might not care. <laughs> right. Because, I mean, it is tough, especially, you know, if you're trying to if you're up against multiple offers and you keep getting shut out, mm-hmm. it's demoralizing. Oh, yeah. So I could see where people who don't have that fortitude and just can't accept rejection, they like hate rejection over and over. Right. You're going to be like, oh, I'm hanging this up. I thought it was going to be a cakewalk. You right. know, they they watch a lot of 
television shows, programs that have, you know, glorify all these realtors and their lavish lifestyles. And people have this conception or misconception that that's that's what we do all day. We sleep in late, you know, we answer a couple phone calls. We open these wonderful doors of these wonderful houses and everything just falls into place and we're just making money hand over fist. Right. Right. And then when you come into the reality of it. Sure. <laughs> like, you know, your phone's blowing up at 11 p.m. You got a million emails and mm-hmm. everybody's hounding at you. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they could be the folks that are just like realizing this is not for me. Right. Well, and you also, you know, if you were, you're this far into the year and this is your um, this is your your primary job, you're not you're not part time. I guess you'd also have to think how long can you yeah. sustain not having That's a great paycheck? question. Yeah. Right. Right. Like how much of a yeah, savings have you have you built up to allow yourself to to keep going if you are really out there doing the work and you just haven't been able to get anything under contract. Right. And then it becomes real and frustrating. And right. then you're you're looking at other options. Yeah. Right. Unless you have some something or someone that can supplement you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So th- this this number was the same last year, by the way, too. Okay. So okay. Uh, and but there's also less homes to sell. There's more agents getting out of the industry. The other stat shared um, was 90% of all deals are done by the top 15% of realtors in the country. So yeah. it's, it is that 80-20 rule just always fluctuates. So you know, knowing that's the case, I mean, so I, I think the, the question is, I, I do I do agree, things are getting a little harder. There, there's realtors that kind of got lucky, did a couple deals last year, caught the right lead. Mm-hmm. That's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. And that and you, you mentioned a good point, Sarah. Like if you're doing all the things, the realtors that aren't selling homes, they're not the ones doing all the things. Um, it's either a skill based or an activity based issue, in my view. And mm-hmm. some people, some people just can't close. I mean, that that that's the reality of like they just don't have that innate ability to get someone to say yes. They don't know how to ask for it. They can't do it in a way that's going to be. And and it's not a judgment on them. It's just not the right job. And right. and to me, great salespeople are found. You can't make someone into a great salesperson. Right. We can make them into a great lead generator and a, con- a converter, but you have to have that ability to have that conversation with someone to get them to a yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So that would be number one. <clears throat> I do agree the market's getting harder. I think that's that's another challenge here. I mean, you, are you guys seeing that too? Do you see people giving up a little more? Like, what, what are you seeing on the front lines? Yeah, that started happening late last year. Um, a couple of the clients, they just, uh, if they lost out, I had a couple that lost out on the first, and it was just, uh, that was just, too devastating for them, and they were out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was more talking about agents. Do you see oh. agents giving up? <laughs> well, interesting. Um, I've talked to an agent um, or a couple of agents that, yeah, they're they're just not interested in. It's tough. They thought it was easier, um, and they realized that it's not as you know. They unfortunately don't have the support of a team like we do. Um, and where they are logistically, um, there's not a great team that's close by to them where they could jump on board. So um, the realization is that, like, hey, this is not so even in a great market, mm-hmm. even, the, you know, when buyers falling from the sky, so to speak, it's still very difficult. So it's a lot of frustration on, on their part. And, yeah, they're looking for other or going to stay in what they were doing prior to real estate. Right. Mm-hmm. I would say I've actually seen and I'm just trying to, like think back to like, you know, my social media feed, I would say in the last two months, I've seen three people become agents. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. how long will they stay agents? I don't know. How successful right. will they be? I don't know. Right. But like 
in the last three months off the top of my head, I can think of three people and not not all of them are local to this area. Um, mm-hmm. Some of them are in, um, you know, other states and, and whatnot. But I can I can think of three people that have popped up on my feed in the last mm, the okay. last like two months that have become agents. Yeah. And, and the other thing, speaking of teams and, and no teams, I would like to have more information about these agents. Are they on teams or are they just in, you know, in independent yeah. in a brokerage firm? I, mean, I would imagine it's got to be both, though. I mean, because, yeah. I mean, we run a team and we've had people That's come true. on and it's, you know, I mean, interviewing is a skill. And, yeah. and this is something that gets lost. Like they, they, they have a great interview and then they come in and then it's like, who was this person that we interviewed and, and then they're, they're out of the business because they don't know what they're getting into. And I think mm-hmm. I, the amount of work is, is real. I, I, yeah. I, this, is, this job isn't for everybody. And, and I guess how long does somebody's like stat stay in there? Like if they went into the new year as an agent and like they quit um, or they stopped doing this back in February, are they still mm-hmm. showing up as like an active number that makes up this 40%? Yeah, that that I don't know. I mean, I think it's probably going to be like a, like a little bit of a There's lag. Probably a little mm-hmm. bit of a well, and, and cycle. Like licenses just got renewed, right? right. Literally today. Yeah. So. Oh, so that might change. That might that 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 could could definitely change for sure. Because there's going to be some people that are like, I'm I'm not, I'm not going right. to. It's only what ninety six dollars to renew your license, but some people may be like, you know what? Am I really going to do this? Right. Right. Um. So you know, I I agree with you, Sarah. There's always going to be people getting into real estate. I don't think that's ever going to stop. Right. Um. And. The flip side is you're talking to folks that you're running into, and and I, I this is the first time in a while I've seen like people at scale, kind of where we've seen the number drop. I mean the stats are are real, and so to give everyone some perspective here on like real order demographics, this is mind blowing to me. I'm going to give you these numbers. This is uh, so this is as a, these are 2020 real order demographics. Um, the median gross income of real orders was forty three thousand dollars in 2020. Most realtors, tell me if you believe this or not, but this is from NAR. Most realtors worked 35 hours a week in 2020. I mean, I may have worked like 35 hours the past like three, four days. Oh my gosh, exactly. Like, I mean, that that, that was mind blowing to me. So they maybe, shouldn't say work; they should say coast. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's probably one. But to see, you're, you're right. not you're not you're not used to this. You're not in that environment right. where you're seeing all these other people. So I think that does that give you some better perspective yeah. on this? Yeah. Um, when I think that shows you also that obviously backs up the number of the percentage of people that do the most work. Right. Mm-hmm. They're putting in far more than the 35 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not even <laughs> close. So, I, you know, it's important to kind of realize the stats that, that we're dealing with here. So, you know, knowing all of this, I mean, do you, do you think this is going to be a trend we see where there's more people getting out of the business? Do you think you're going to see more movement? Like, wh- what do you see? Wh- what does this mean for the industry? And then. The last question I'll ask, and we got like four minutes left here. What's the strategy that's going to work for agents in 2023 and 2020, the second half of 2022? So I'm just trying to think about for like interactions that I've had with agents that maybe are no longer in or like backing, backing out. And I would say for what you come across, so like if you have buyers and you're working with a listing agent, now every once in a while you'll find one that you're like, how did somebody hire you? You know, mm-hmm. like right. what is going on? But usually if you've gotten to the point and not in every circumstance, but like if you've gotten to the point where you've got the listing or where you've successfully brought in buyers that are placing an offer, there are probably people that are are doing things and are more likely to get some traction and 
and to not necessarily walk away. I, I'm guessing a larger number of the people that are going to be backing away are the ones that you've never even really encountered because they didn't. They're not doing anything. They, they mm-hmm. didn't do anything. They, or, you know, if they tried, they weren't able to even successfully, like, bring in an offer that, you know, got your attention or, mm-hmm. you know, so – I don't know that it would be something that you would necessarily notice it in your like if you're keeping track. I know that Stacy um, has a ton of agents that she's worked with on other sides of the deal that like has done repeat um, transactions with. And, you know, these are probably people that aren't walking away, you right. know. So I'm I'm thinking you wouldn't necessarily notice it just in your daily encounters with like repeat transactions with people. It would probably be the ones that you never even knew were in it to begin with. Right. I would think that, um, I mean, what is the average age of an age? 52 years old. Okay. That's the median. Gotcha. So there's probably, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of agents that have been in the business for a very long time and they're like, you know what, I'm just going to ride this wave and then sail off into the sunset after it starts to decline. Mm-hmm. That could be happening too. I mean, there could sure. be some that, and Sarah, you and I have probably worked with a couple of them sure. <laughs> and, and wonder how they're, you know, still doing wet signatures. But um, they might decide to, you know what, it was a good run and I'm going to get out. And then there's the new folks that um, or the newer folks that are, you know, frustrated with the market and it just might not be for them. So I, I always think there's going to be those folks peeling off. And, and, and the know, median experience level, to give you some perspective, is eight years. Okay. So, um, I mean, you bring up a good point, though, Sarah. Like, I mean, the, the amount of transactions I've done... The, these offers have come in. I don't, I don't know who these agents are. Like, and I've never heard from them again. So, I mean, and you're talking about like thousands of sales. So that's a really good point because it, I, you can always get lucky. You can always find those couple of deals that you can close and the people are just going to buy the home because they want to buy the home and independent of what advice their agent's giving them. Mm-hmm. It's the agents that don't have difficult conversations with folks. Those are the ones that I see getting out of the industry because they don't want, they don't like to have that uncomfortable conversation that, hey, you're making a mistake by not coming up a couple thousand dollars here. Hey, this is mm-hmm. a mistake not to adjust the sales price of your home. Yeah. And those are the folks that always end up doing more business if you have the the toughness to, mm-hmm. to actually have that conversation. So last question, and we'll wrap this th- for this week. What is the strategy for agents who are looking for that breakthrough to get out of that 40% category? What should they be doing? I think they need to be in tune with what is currently going on in the market and what is going to get both your, if you're on the buy side, your client's offer accepted. And if you're on the sell side, what, you know, what's going to get that to the closing table and what are, what are realistic expectations to set so that love it you're setting clear guidance. Right. And if you are having struggles and problems, maybe find a mentor, go to somebody who, who you see, you know, that is, that's do, getting the deals done. Go to them. Ask them, what are you doing? What's different? What's working for you? We do that in our team. I love that. Um, I got four things. Okay. This is the four things you want to focus on. We're getting played out, but it's that important. One, conversations that are two-way about real estate. You have to have the most conversations, and you got to track and measure them on a week-to-week basis. Second, appointments that are getting set so you can see your ability to have conversations with people and actually have them want to meet you to serve as their agent appointments that are met so the ones that actually happen the face-to-face meetings with real consumers again these all need to be tracked and measured and 72 percent of consumers work with the first agent they meet really critical statistic there i'm going really fast and the last one is the number of leads that you're working because not every lead is going to 
turn into a sale. You typically need like three to four leads to get to one sale or three to four referrals to get to one sale. So I'd be looking at conversations, appointments set, appointments met, incoming leads. That's what we got this week. You can follow Sarah at Ty underscore Ty Time on Instagram. Stacy's at the number two Mitchko. I'm at Tom Tool third. You can look up our team. Just Google Tom Tool Sales Group. We're here every week, Tuesdays at 3 o'clock on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM.